0: Hi, I'm Raylene Taskowski, and I've talked to over 10,000 women about sex over the past decade. Welcome to the Stand-Up Comedy Sex Ed Podcast. Welcome
1: to Stand-Up Comedy Sex Ed. It's where you can get questions answered like,
0: How long does it take the average man to orgasm? And, How long does it take the average woman to orgasm? And also, Why is it so high in here? Audiences agree, it's brilliantly funny. Raylene
1: makes sex ed fun. This show is entertaining, factual, and relatable. (laughs) There's
0: nothing worse than being halfway done with sex and feeling your vagina shut down on you.
1: (laughs) You've got to see stand-up comedy sex ed.
0: I am ready to go do that comedy show. (laughs) Welcome to the Stand-Up Comedy Sex Ed podcast hosted by Raylene Taskowski and some other guy, girl, guest, or guru. And today I have a guest guru girl who uh, has her own podcast that I love. And this is Sarah Duncan, host of Salacious History. Hi. Well, welcome. <laughs> I totally jumped on top of you. I'm That's sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm it was scared. my fault. I didn't do it the way I said I was going to do it. I messed it up like I was. <laughs> so I love the idea of your show and your show because I did listen to it. And I love sex in history. And I and I love how as Americans we think that everybody was well behaved and you know sex has always been I, I don't even know what to say
1: spoiler alert yeah.
0: and no right not so even I close I feel like when I'm listening to your podcast it's like drunk history but we're sober when we're listening to it because it's all salacious oh I love,
1: I love drunk history
0: so do I <laughs> I want to be on drunk history someday I know. <laughs>
1: whether it's a reenactor or a drunken storyteller, I want to be on it somewhere.
0: I feel like I would make a great drunken storyteller. Yes. Or an actor. I, I don't know. Especially since I wouldn't have to use my own words because I've always wondered whether or not I can act. <laughs> I mean, I could fake an orgasm real well, but there's also, you know, no script yeah that's just called being a woman Uh. (laughs) so good so good so good (laughs) oh baby oh honey so what made you decide to start a podcast about salacious history well
1: I have been doing a podcast with a friend of mine my friend Pamela called motherhood on tap and each week we would just get together and drink an adult beverage and then talk about a particular you know mom topic and it was a lot of fun but I was kind of looking for a different creative outlet, something I could do on my own, and had been thinking about it for a while, was trying to find a good niche to get into, and another podcast I listened to, um, We Hate Movies, they made a joke on one episode about there being a show called Horny History, and I was like, (laughs) wait a minute, that's actually kind of a genius idea, so I emailed them and was like, hey. Y'all totally make this joke about there being a podcast called Horny History. Do you mind if I take that and run with it? And they're like, Psh, "Go for it!" You know, we're not going to do anything with it. So I I changed it up and I changed the name to Salacious History because I was I've always been interested by sort of like the pop culture aspect of history of you know like did you ever watch those um, VH1 shows like I love the 80s and I love yes. the 90s All yes of them. every one of them. Yes, yeah, so that, basically that aspect of, like, all history I've always found really interesting. So I'm like, okay, you know, so I won't be trying to compete with all these other big history podcasts, like Stuff You Missed in History Class and things like that, but I'll have my very specific kind of s- sexy, scandalous niche that I can be in. Right. Because um, I'm I am a very creative person, but I like to have kind of boundaries on things, like, when stuff is open-ended I'm almost like freaked out
0: yeah
1: Yeah. so (laughs) by having that that aspect of stuff that's either of who I swear I'm not drinking but I can't talk (laughs) um stuff that's either related to sex or romance or just people who like couldn't keep it in their pants like it gives me a launching point for any given episode and it kind of helps me to narrow down and you know just find something to dig into and it's stuff that I happen to find incredibly fascinating because it really is true that everything goes back to sex. It Amen. it impacts our relationships, it impacts um politics. power structures, politics, um reasons why people migrate. It it's everywhere. And it's just such a fascinating launch point. And I've really enjoyed working on it for um just over a year now. I've done two 10 episode seasons and recently have done three mini-sotes on different aspects of the coronavirus. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, that's going to be history someday.
1: Yeah, that, that was a, a departure for me of going into of like, okay, I feel like history is unfolding right now. So <laughs> let's, let's do some, some little live action reporting. So I did one episode on basically it's all about the quarantine aspect, but uh, COVID-19 and dating, COVID-19 and marriage and i just released one yesterday on COVID 19 and domestic violence
0: ah yeah so you know a a barrel laughs that last one i'm sure (laughs) i uh i was thinking my daughter and i and my husband were walking last week and i said um you know people are concerned that there's going to be like a baby boom Mm -hmm. after this and i said i wonder if it's gonna offset the number of people who are not getting pregnant right now from one night stands and hookups, because there's no club action going on right now. True. I hadn't thought about that part of it. So I wonder if there might be a baby boom, but it's probably going to be people who are already in established relationships because you're stuck with each other versus going to the club, getting drunk, cooking up, getting pregnant. So I would imagine right now uh, the abortion rate's probably a lot lower, Mm -hmm. um, at least, you know, for the people who are not in long-term relationships, even though some of I hadn't people thought about that, like, but that's, nope 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 <laughs> that's a really good point i have to look into that i know i just i was thinking about it i'm like i wonder if there's an offset mm-hmm. and it might be gonna break even yeah is there yeah is there gonna be a break-even point and <laughs> probably a lot of people wouldn't think about that but i did have a period of time in the 80s where i was fairly promiscuous and uh and i did have to make one of those decisions from a a short-term relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. I just listened to to episode one of your show earlier today, and I, I just remember you ending the episode with like, "And that's what I had to make the decision in your words to be not so slutty and right. <laughs> start making some different decisions." I'm like, "Oh, girl, yeah, you harsh least, on yourself,
0: or at least be, you know, like get." It was basically a get your shit together moment. I was like, "Yeah, what do you want?" Right. And uh, I remember this one actually more has to do with weed than sex, but I I did. <laughs> back in the day i smoked a lot of weed like way back but now i have an edible every now and again but mm-hmm. it stopped being part of my life a while ago but one of my daughter's friends uh was um uh, having i'm not saying a problem i don't really think of weed as a problem but her parents thought it was a problem mm-hmm. and uh she had, the mom had come over one time and we were chatting and and i said i mean weed's not be- that big a deal i smoked a lot of weed and look at me and i'm like oh wait i mean i guess you could take that either way like <laughs> i mean i didn't get a degree and i and i don't i'm not the ceo of a major company but i've done pretty good for myself exactly. you know i'm not living under a bridge i'm so. not under a bridge it was not a gateway drug um, y- you know my kids are all amazing so say what you want about people who who smoke my kids all came out great Mm-hmm. um but i I stopped when the baby was the, my youngest was two and now she's 21 so it's been a while
1: mm-hmm.
0: since it was part of my life but you can't judge everybody's whole life by what they do when they're 18. exactly you know it's part of salacious history i have a much more yes. salacious history than people think <laughs> which is why i shouldn't have made a podcast because i can't keep my mouth shut <laughs> well see that's the ironic thing about me is um
1: i'm I've actually been a prude for a big portion of my life. So I don't know if this is me just swinging the pendulum way the other direction or what, but. That's so
0: funny. Because before I started doing the direct sales company, I was a major, major prude, major Mm -hmm. prude. And I went from major prude to number one in my region for 10 years straight. Mm -hmm. And before that I had not owned anything. Like I was, I didn't, that stuff was not for me. I didn't want any of the do with it. And then I, and then I just got latched onto it. And then I'm like, and I'm still sort of a prude. I mean, I'm not in everything, but I also at this point, just, you know, at some point decided, Hey, I'm not in your bedroom, so I don't give a shit.
1: Exactly.
0: So, none of your business. None of your business. What I do is none of my business. business. What you do and I don't care. <laughs> so what is the most, um, random thing you discovered that made you go, Oh, like oh like when it comes shoot. to history is there anyone where you're just straight up words like mm, those people are bad
1: <laughs> oh that's everywhere that's oh gosh
0: <laughs> that's basically that that
1: is the main thing you're like oh everyone sucks yeah because yeah. even even people like you t- learned about in elementary school like these you know you know great american forefathers and all the that the kind Calvin? of stuff like oh
0: they're dicks <laughs>
1: right
0: yeah just, I was oh. so I was just listening to your one on the on the wild wild West and mm-hmm. um I am also in the process of watching slash reading the outlander series ah. and have you watched it at all? Just bits and pieces that's one of the shows that's been on my list for a while yeah i'm I'm reading it concurrently with the books I kind of tend to do that and mm-hmm. they have a lot of scenes in France of the French parlor rooms, and you mm. talk about it in your your um, your podcast, and I thought it was yep. funny because everybody thinks vibrators and dildos are new, but mm-hmm. they had them in the 17th, 1700s Like they've been around a really, really long time. Um, yeah, sex toys are not new things. No, no. At this point, people are like, well, they've always had vibrators. Well, like, no, they didn't have vibrators until they got electricity. Uh, but you know, they always had dildos. Had to go wind Those up my vibrator. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, one of those wind up toys? You let it go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Winding up for the 100th time in a row.
0: That's where the carpal tunnel would come in. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I want. Yeah, that's. I got sex toy elbow. <laughs> yeah. Carpal tunnel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm. <laughs> where was I uh, yeah so anyway even in the in outlander in the parlor rooms they have their the dildos and they're talking about them and I'm like we we know that they've always been around hmm and then I read somewhere that they weren't actually even frowned upon until they started using them in porn and I mean they used to be in Sears and robot Sears catalogs as you know really yeah massagers and I don't remember what else they called them but they were vibrators And until they started using them in porn and then they became naughty and then it wasn't for the proper people but yeah that's
1: that is another thing that you see over and over again of you know how you know it's really easy to assume that the way we look at sex and love and relationships now is how it's always been but that's not true in so many different ways 'Cause I mean, just look at, you know, they go through periods of history where you know, you know, oh yeah, it was people would have like orgies all the time and, you know, they would have all these different lovers of, you know, same sex, different sex, everything. And then you see how over time we go through different periods where the we become more prudish for some reason or become more buttoned up, or again, going back to the Wild Wild West episode where, you know, the the lady of the day would, that you would hold up on a pedestal was one who was just, you know, basically just completely sexless, buttoned up, no makeup. You know, was you you were meant to be, you know, the the pure, chaste caregiver, and anything less than that, then you were just like an untouchable human being. It's like, why, Like yeah. why did we make this this decision that you know? anything having to do with
0: sexuality is just a bad thing in and of itself i know the answer <laughs> me, me, me 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 pick me I know the answer it's where it's wherever um the church has popped up oh yeah it's like and this it, is and
1: this is from coming from someone who grew grew up in the church and still goes to church but
0: yeah, yeah i completely agree i grew up in the church uh, a lot of my episodes come back to the church um Cause i always wind up bringing it up but i remember i was in hawaii and and they had done a uh a luau mm-hmm. and they were talking about the history of hawaii and how you know the they had the um the wild reckless violent shaking of the hips and you know like the you know when you're picturing uh belly dance not belly dancers hula dancers hula dancers yeah. the wild and the fire and the you know like it the excitement and then the religion came in, and they said, "Well, that's just wrong," and then they started making them wear longer glass skirts and and then the dancing became less fiery and and fun and became more you know romanticized and subtle mm-hmm. and then it went back, and now it's a combination of the two. but I remember yeah. watching it and thinking that was that was really, really interesting but and it was because the church came to the island, and the church said that what they were doing was you know two i don't know the word purifier yeah it just wasn't of god we are here to throw a wet blanket over your whole setup exactly and as i'm list, like when i read books and they don't i like historical fiction so i'm aware that it's fiction but i i and i my husband has said the other day well it's fiction i'm like the story within the story is fiction The historical part is the part where this is the shit that really did happen back then. Yeah the context is real. The context is real and that's kind of how I want to learn my history or like you're doing the salacious history do it like that. Drunk Mm -hmm. history do it like that.
1: Oh hell yes.
0: (laughs) Right. I want to learn but I want to be entertained at the same time and so when they're talking about the, the Catholic Church and the Protestant Church because we are talking about England, Ireland, and Scotland and and the Lutheran Church And all the churches and how they were literally the battle of everything wasn't Mm -hmm. necessarily the people it was it was you know like the the catholic uh king and then there was the protestant king Mm -hmm. and that's where the fight was the fight was always about religion oh yeah
1: oh i can actually go back and answer your earlier question now about if have i read anything that was just like what i remember i was doing a uh, sex and marriage episode on the Tudor period in England and you know just like you said the church had their hands in everything including people's sex lives and they had all these rules around certain days of the year that you could not have sex and it was like you know certain number of days you know uh after a woman was pregnant um no never while she's menstruating never on certain holidays um you know not while someone's pregnant and like you just add this entire list up and you're like at least like three days of the year for sex <laughs> like how in the hell is this supposed to work right how did anybody get
0: pregnant exactly oh wait cuz I ignored it right yeah right <laughs> I'm just su- I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised when I'm looking back even knowing the damage the church still causes knowing how much not the church religion we'll say religion. religion exactly how religion has damaged so many people in so many parts of our history and how much stuff had to get hidden because you know you would be afraid
1: mm-hmm. i'm working on an episode right now um because for season three uh my next upcoming season i want to do an entire season on uh, lgbtq history and the first episode i'm working on is actually a. Uh, gay survivors of the Holocaust, oh. and how their story has sort of been whitewashed from history because sort of that same thing, they, they wanted to hold all Holocaust survivors up as being these very, you know, white, virtuous, heterosexual individuals, and they did not fit that mold, and so their story was shoved to the side and not told for a very, very long time.
0: I think that's, um, that's another, that's another thing that still, it gets to me every now and then. Cause like even in this book that I'm reading and there have been gay people throughout all of the history. Oh yeah. And people say there's more gay people now. Well, that's because there's more actual people now. I, I, I would venture the guess at the percentage of people who are, I, I would bet that the percentage is the exact same, but it's the percentage of people who can actually be open now. Is exactly they're not having to hide in order to not, not get killed. killed or arrested <laughs> or harassed right so that's let's be, that's, let's be honest
1: they're still harassed but. right
0: that's true but it's certainly more open now than it w- was ear- earlier in the century
1: absolutely and my my sister is gay actually and her wife is amazing and they have a little boy and it's one of the most beautiful loving families i've ever seen in my life yeah
0: Again, don't have a problem with it. And I know it bothers certain people in my family, but I still believe that there's no way God put us on this earth and said there's only one way to love. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you all this capacity for love and enjoyment and wonder and attraction, but the only proper way to do it is this way. Yeah. And, that.
1: and that's and that's the thing I've come to realize about sexuality too, and just being a sexual being is, you know enjoying your body in and of itself is not a bad thing. And, right. you know, as, as a good little Christian girl who grew up in the South, you know, there's so much, you know, shame and that kind of thing that surrounds uh, how we're raised and how we're taught about sex, if we're taught about sex at all. Right. And <laughs> just, it's, it was so weird when I got married cause I actually, I was a virgin bride. I've only ever been with um, my husband and, side note super sexy and (laughs) (laughs) hi sweetie and um it was weird because even when i was then in a context when i was you know quote unquote allowed to have sex it's not like that part of your brain where all the shame lives just suddenly turns off it's like this weird transition period of like okay i think i'm allowed to be doing this but then I've been the Madonna I've, horror complex
0: exactly it's yeah. just blah I'm like it's such a mind F right well, I actually have talked about that um, probably on my last two that haven't been posted yet um, uh-huh. that it has come up the Madonna horror complex and then uh, past that is crone and mm-hmm. there's there's sex and shame that go in each one of those things and how we have to navigate it so mm-hmm. I'm just curious how long did you date your husband before you got married uh four years two of which were long distance wow good job
1: <laughs> and, and i who there i admit there were moments where he had to like throw me off him because i told him when we first started dating like like hey i haven't had sex i plan on being married before i have sex are you okay with that and he's like yeah and, but then like i said he's really hot so <laughs> there are <were> times <laughs> where i was prepared to throw it out the window and he was like all right blah, bye and run away but yeah, it's it was interesting, an interesting dynamic because he had had sex before we got together, but he like went through four years of blue balls before we got married, and feel. that's so yeah, sweet
0: he did. I was, he's he's an absolute sweetheart. The reason I ask is because I know, I mean, just off the top of my head, I know four separate girls who were saving themselves for marriage uh, who got married very, very young. Mm -hmm. very very quickly and then got divorced very young very quickly because they just wanted to have sex and Mm -hmm. the church you know their family had you know it it was against their rules yeah and they they wanted to stay within and of the four girls that I'm thinking of only one is still married and she's been married for a while but Mm I I think they dated for a while too so it was right after she turned 18 but I think they had started dating a little bit earlier
1: yeah. We met when we were 21 and we got married when we were
0: 25. Yeah. So I was just curious about it. Cause I, yeah. I just, it's, I, I don't, I was pretty open with my daughters where it was like, I am not going to hold you to an unrealistic expectation that I know where near came close to achieving. Mm-hmm. I know my mom didn't, I didn't, I'm not, I'm not going to set you up for that kind of failure. But what I did say is you know, when you're ready and you're doing it because you want to and not because you're being pressured and Mm -hmm. you are protected emotionally and physically, you don't have to tell me about it. You don't have to ask my permission. Um, But two of my daughters required a surgery, which I will be covering on one of my podcasts, Mm -hmm. um, because they had uh, what the doctor called it a nearly impenetrable hymen, but it does have other other terms. But basically mm-hmm. what it means is you can't break the hymen. It's it's solid as a rock. It's only got a hole in it big enough to let men seeds out and it's not ever going to break. And oh. it was two of my girls, my one of my cousins and my daughter's college roommate all had mm-hmm. this issue. And it's not an issue that until I heard my till I had it with my kids I ever knew was it was an issue. Like And so that's another reason we have to talk about sex. And I forget even why I brought that up. Oh yeah, because when we found out uh, the issue, the doctor said, she's gonna have to have surgery. So I know four girls who have had their their hymen surgically opened, mm-hmm. because it wasn't naturally going to open during penetration. Yeah. So uh, she said, I can do it. I told the doctor said we can do it whenever. And she was 17, I think at the time. And I said, well, do you wanna have the surgery now? Or do you want to wait until later where you have to say, I want surgery. And then I know that you're planning on having sex. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And she goes, I'll just go ahead and have that surgery now. And I'm like, good point. I didn't even think about that, but that's totally true. (laughs) I was like, we can, we can delay it. But then when it happens, I'm going to be like, oh, this bitch is trying to have sex. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, both of my daughters, as soon as we realized it was a problem, they had the surgery. But, um, I can't wait to have that episode. I have to find a doctor I can talk to about that one.
1: Oh, funny story. My mother is actually a retired OBGYN.
0: Oh. Well, ask her if she'll talk to me about it. And <laughs> if she's heard of it. I'm sure she's heard of it. She's an OBGYN. Oh, yeah. Um I'll but- say I'll I'll say I'm, she's
1: <laughs> she's definitely a she might be a little bit of a prudy waspy individual but i will ask her if she has recommendations that's a good idea for that
0: yes i should throw that out in my uh on my friends list too and find one Mm -hmm. because i have lots of questions about the vagina in general but that's one i would love to talk about because i think if i personally know four people that have it at first i thought it must just be something in our bloodline because it was my cousin and then two of my daughters and, mm-hmm. But then when my my youngest daughter says she knows two other friends who have had this surgery, so now I'm like, okay, so that makes four that I know, five that I've heard of. Mm-hmm. This has to be a lot more common than one would think, yeah. and so then we should talk about it. Mm-hmm. And
1: as you're saying that, I'm I'm thinking back in my head to you know the first week or so that I was having sex, which you know I'd been told that it's kind of painful at the beginning, but I was really having some pain at the beginning. So I'm wondering if I might have had some physical things going on that I was not quite aware of.
0: Yeah, where it wasn't just a thin flap. Mhm. You know, but yours might have been a little thicker. Yeah. So, it's I don't remember. It's been a really 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 long time for me. I don't remember. But, <laughs> but it's good now, right? Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I do like talking about sex. Um, Where are you getting your uh, ideas and doing your research?
1: Uh, The short answer is a whole lot of Googling. The longer answer is I have um, in my Google Docs about a 15-page document that's just a giant list of episode topic ideas. So I've been trying to get a lot of ideas and inspiration just from all periods of history. It's really easy to kind of get a little bit of bias toward more modern events, especially when you get to like the 1960s and onward, because there was, you know, a lot of well-documented sexual revolution happening Mm -hmm. then and that kind of thing. But, you know, I'm trying to find stuff all the way back to, you know, BCE and everything like that. But um, I really just, I search for stuff that A sounds interesting. I'm like ooh, I want to learn more about that and also that there are sources available for, which is sometimes the limiting factor because if you find something that's really interesting but there are only two uh one paragraph articles about it, that's not really enough to do an entire episode's
0: worth on, right? I agree. But I do- I saw some interesting stuff in there. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I, I'm, it's weird. Cause like, I'm a nerd for history, but only in the right context. Like mm-hmm. my husband read 1776 and I was like three pages and I was like, Nope. Th- nope. <laughs> <It's not> <laughs> <right."> <laughs> so just sum up, sum up and only tell me the dirty bits.
1: <laughs> exactly. And I, I feel like I'm, I'm a good filter for the, for these kinds of topics because I have a notoriously short attention span, so if it doesn't hold my attention, I don't expect it to hold anyone else's. Right. And so, like, okay, I find this interesting, and if it's good enough that I am willing to dig into it and, you know, talk about it for 25 minutes straight on a particular episode, then like, all right, we might be on to something here.
0: I think none of my daughters like history, but we all like drunk history. So they did a good job. Whoever's idea that was, it was a great Mm -hmm. idea. Thank you, Derek Waters, and whoever helped you develop that. It's fantastic. That's it's a really smart idea. Mm -hmm. It's funny because I'm I'm watching like, at first I thought they were taking actual historians and getting them drunk, and then I was just (laughs) like, no wait, that's an actor.
1: That's like like wait a minute, that's that's Patchett Brewster. (laughs) I've seen her on like five different TV shows. Exactly.
0: That's that's that guy from that show that I watched. So all they do is give him the history, make him memorize them, and get him drunk. I can do that.
1: <laughs> do you have a favorite drunk history episode or story?
0: No, I like I, I like a lot of them. I mean, mm-hmm. I just I've learned so much. I like the ones that stand out. The the Mary Shelley Frankenstein one. Yes. Um, the Hamilton one. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. There's just so many. So I the love Mona the Lisa. Lewis and
1: Clark one, too. Oh. It's fantastic. I
0: don't know if I remember that, but the Mona Lisa. It's weird because I learned oh, shit. Yes. like the only reason Mona Lisa is famous is because she got stolen, and or something like that. Yeah. And, then, and it wasn't wasn't really stolen. The Italian guy. And I'm just like I didn't know any of that stuff, but that was hysterical. It's exactly. an the acting. What, what, when they're <laughs> when they're acting them out, and then the drunk person burps, and they burp along <laughs> with them. Yes, I die.
1: Like, when then the guy playing John idea. Wilkes Booth jumps off the the balcony, lands on the stage, and goes. Oh, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> <laughs> I like, it's so wrong, but it's so funny.
0: And I think in every single episode, somebody goes, "I'm gonna puke." <laughs> I just freaking love it. So. I will probably never do a podcast about history because I'm not the kind of, I, I just pose things to people. I'm like, hey, why don't you go research that? <laughs> like one of my podcasts two, two or three episodes ago, she's actually a researcher. And I'm like, here's an idea. <laughs> here's a question. And and she's like, well, what is, I'm like, I don't know. I, I just know that's the answer. You can figure out how, how that's the answer. <laughs> cool. I'll just talk about it. So, um, all right. So I do like to wrap up all of my unless you have something more fun to talk about sex. Do you have any more sex stuff you want to talk about?
1: Ugh the short answer is yes, but of course whenever whenever I'm asked a question, the mind goes blank. Right. Because I have quarantine brain right now.
0: I have quarantine
1: brain, quarantine. Although I will will say (laughs) gosh, everything. It's a whole physical condition. I will say, um, Actually, I've, I'm in very much of a sexual sexual dry spell right now because my husband and I are both working from home, but we, um, my day job is I actually work for a pharmaceutical company that makes uh, insulin for diabetics, and he also works for that company, and he has to actually go in and work on the production lines, and I work from home, but we had two young kids, so it's like, okay. I'm not gonna get anything done if Mm -hmm. i'm trying to run around with them so the kids and i have actually been living at my parents place i'm in their guest room right now for the past two months that explains a lot and he comes in on the weekends so mama ain't got hasn't had any sex for like two or three months now and right before that i was pregnant and had given birth and was recovering from being pregnant so i'm just like
0: Like when well, we're well, finally you. alone, I'm
1: going to jump on you so hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> did your church church teach you about masturbating? Cause that's how I survive everything. Well, let me, let me tell you,
1: cause that is something that I have begun a foray into in the last few years. Cause again, sheltered individual did not really know that was an option for a long time. Like that's a thing girls can do. That's awesome. But I'm one of those people and quietly who, without mess. <laughs> yeah but the thing is you see so many sources that just say, you know, Hey, go, go explore, go masturbate. I'm like, okay, how? It's been so much of just like poking around down there and trying to, trying to figure out what is happening. So I'm definitely one of those people who is like, okay, I'm, I'm at the point in some areas where I really should have been as like a teenager of like, okay, this is when I should have been learning and exploring about these things. So. All right.
0: Well, when we're not being recorded, I'll give you a number <laughs> as soon as we get off. Here, Fantastic. Although I, lo- I will say I forget the name of the website. I'll. I'll That's a my- clitoris, ah. so you know. Oh hi! <laughs> I have a three D clitoris that I keep right here on my desk. <laughs> it's useful. <but laughs> it I, I forget I forget what it's called, but there's a website that has
1: really amazing like how to videos for women, and it is
0: spectacular. Yeah, it's mostly about finding the right spot yeah. and the right thought at the same time exactly so for women it is very very mental and Mm -hmm. so you can't just sit there and be like i'm touching myself i'm touching myself i'm touching myself
1: nothing's happening
0: (laughs) it's it's more like um and then he throws me up against the wall (laughs) you gotta go somewhere you gotta make a thing you do start somewhere and let your rain and then the wander. chimney sweep comes in <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> i don't have enough to pay <laughs> oh uh, we'll, we'll my, do a
1: spit-off podcast where we just where we just uh improv uh, romance novels as we go through
0: oh my god that would be epic <laughs> that would be i actually thought of doing um one of my uh in my comedy thing I was going to do and I never really sat down to flesh it out mm-hmm. was uh, the thought process that it takes to get a woman from A to B of mm-hmm. trying to have the orgasm but like I would go through and say and then this happened and then this happened and then that guy and then this happened and then that happened and then and then I had the biggest orgasm I ever had in my life and then I rolled over and went, it, you know, and, that, and, then, and then I tell them after the fact that it was just a fantasy, none of that shit happened. But that's how I had to get there. Right? That's fantastic. But it, would, it would just take so much to just build it in such a way. And maybe I will someday, but I haven't. Well, now anybody who heard it, they'll be like, she's going to tell us at the end this did not happen. <laughs> Jerk. But it was, it was funny. I come up with a lot of my bits while I'm laying down trying to fall asleep. And then I forget mm-hmm. them when I wake up in the morning. And I was like, that's going to be hilarious. Or sometimes I'll wake up and I'll write a little note. I'll write a note because I think it will remind me of, mm-hmm. you know, like, what, I, what I'm supposed to remember. Like, here's one. It says, call it uh, generous. He's so generous. So, apparently, I wrote a joke about that in my head. And I don't, I don't know what it is. But... But but it, it was great. Yeah, I think it was something about how we always give guys credit for being generous when all they did was allow us to have an orgasm, which should be step one. Exactly,
1: right? it's like the dads that you see at the grocery store with all their kids, and people are like, "Oh, that's so great that you do this." So I'm like, "That's parenting. every other mother does this all the time. This right. is just called
0: parenting." Right. Yeah. So he's so generous. He's such a generous lover. You know what? So were these two fingers. Sorry, that was... <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, I went too far. <laughs> this is fantastic. Well, that's why it's called Stand-Up Comedy Sex Head. So we talk a little about sex and hopefully it makes some people laugh. Always. Okay. So I have this game that I play at the end. It's Things They Don't Teach You in School. A crazy mm-hmm. mix of fun facts, random trivia, totally useless knowledge. So our weird sex question of the week, and this is actually very on point. Mm -hmm. What percentage of sex toys are made in China? Mm. 70. Exactly. 70%. If you answered between 65 and 75%, you are correct. But it has really knocked a smack in my business. Cause even if I want to pivot and do stuff online, we're out of stock. (laughs) that's crazy (laughs) yeah that's
1: something I actually when i was doing my uh dating uh episode research a few weeks ago i found that a lot of uh personal sex toys had like sales really went through the roof in the first few weeks of quarantine because people are like okay i
0: gotta scratch the itch somehow that's that's what i do and it did it went through the roof and Mm -hmm. then we started running out of stuff so like when I like now if I want to do a virtual party and I can do virtual parties and I talk about the, the lubes and the lotions and the whatever and then mm-hmm. I go to the website ahead of time to see what what do I show personally mm-hmm. that I have in stock as a demo that's available and almost everything single thing that I currently show is currently on back order, mm-hmm. so now I'm like it what do I do I, I do I so buy- you're gonna go into your kitchen. You're
1: gonna get this big wooden spoon. Right. Make sure it's smooth.
0: Right. I just. It's like I wanted. I want. I'm thinking I might just go and buy something that is in stock, mm-hmm. and then use it. Yeah. So oh. that it. So that's that's it. 70 percent of the toys are made in China. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all right. Um, how can people find you? How can they
1: find me Um, my website with all of the show episodes? Uh, you can find that at salacioushistory.com. And if you go there and you love it and you subscribe and you want the show to be on forever and ever, you can also go to patreon.com slash salacious history and help support the show
0: because this is a labor of love, but it also costs money. So yeah. Yeah. Podcasts are not free something you're not. i learned when i decided to start a podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> um Surprise! yeah you can find me on instagram at standup comedy sex ed you can find me at standup comedy sex ed.com and i've set up a facebook group just for this podcast so you can participate in polls ask questions politely share an alternate point of view and generally let us know what you think of the episode so search stand up comedy sex ed podcast on facebook please subscribe to this podcast and share with all of your friends sarah it was Really fun talking to you. I'm going to add you on Facebook now because I like you. Yay, we're going to be besties. <laughs> we'll be besties. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for uh, it. It was really fun. I love to hear about history, and if it's all about sex, it's even better. So, have a great yeah. day. Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs> bye.